Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. To convince a child to keep walking, try switching roles with them. Let the child play the role of the parent. They'll immediately do what you want them to do. You are raising in your home people that the Bible is very clear about their status. They need to be converted. Not just a conformity of their behavior. They need a transforming encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate priority. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Oh, thank you very much for sending wretched stuff, sermon, stories, articles, to idea at wretched.org and texting questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks to 877-282-2337. Are you ready? I don't like the tone <laughs> of that. I like, weeks. <laughs> I like weeks like this. It's like you're pointing a gun at me saying, do you want me to pull the trigger? Yeah. Well, okay. um, uh, you emphasized snarks, and we have three critiques that have come in, and I wanted to start the show with those. Okay, got a question. Okay. Because this is a number of years ago. We turned off comments on the YouTube stuff mm-hmm. uh, because it was it was just ugh, out there. So then after a number of years, we thought, well, let's just try it again. And I have to tell you, I don't think that I've read one comment and there have been, you know, countless comments since then. Not a single like, that's really ugly. Okay, a couple that, you know, go over the line a little bit. But overall, I have been so encouraged that inside of evangelicalism, we can, you know, you can disagree with this and that, and we can do it. So, you know, Christianly. So were these three, would you categorize them as Christian complaints or just plain snarky? No, they're Christian complaints. Yeah, see, that's just what, that's just been our, that's in, that should encourage us. I know it's subjective in my observations, but we don't have to be talking like the world. I just appreciate it when people complain more about you than me. Well, would you would you like me to? Oh, oh please don't share those. Share this stack, <laughs> please don't. Right here. <laughs> All right, so I do want to share these. Uh, the first one is a complaint or a critique uh, from someone who does not prefer the new YouTube editing method oh, that yeah. we're using. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I do. YouTube YouTube is a beast. I mean, it, it's just a morphing sort of thing. Not. A number of years ago, you could put up content under the YouTube machine. It wasn't all that highly produced, uh, and it, you know, no whiz bangery, just straightforward stuff. And people would respond to it. But because YouTube is its own entity, it's not TV, it's not radio, it's not podcasting, it's YouTube. It's that distinct that the evolution of it. Don't tell Ken Ham I said that. The evolution of it has been, its it's got to be a certain editing style or it just doesn't get eyeballs. They screen it. It's amazing how sophisticated they are. It is within the first 15 minutes, you know whether or not they're going to keep releasing it to more and more people. They don't just send it out to everybody who's subscribed. They, they just keep filled. Oh, it's slowing down in momentum. <clears throat> 
So we made a decision in order to find more people, to reach more people, to try to help people understand that the Bible is way more than perhaps you've imagined it to be. Now, we went with the style, so I I know that might not be your cup of tea. But if you don't dig that style, we still have like 3,200 wretched TV episodes. None of that chop-chop stuff. None of that editing stuff. You can get all of that at wretched.org. So that's still there if you choose to avail yourself of that. And speaking of those shows, we're talking about building a new streaming platform slash app. Super excited. I Mm, this is so hard for me. We have so many plans coming up for 2024. Uh, gospel booklet distribution. We're going to go for another million booklets being distributed. And um, let's just say you're going to be meeting some familiar people um, underneath this ministry umbrella very soon. And we're going to be providing really helpful content for the individual believer, the local church, and the local pastor can wait to share the new platform. What was the second complaint? Uh, the second uh, critique was uh, that we recently did a video uh, where you used an image of Joyce Meyer. And uh, and this guy says that uh, he believes that Joyce Meyer had, um, recanted. Has, has recanted of her. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, of her prosperity. Um, teaching and uh, that we should be more nicer to her. Uh, well, I, I think I think all we did was show an image of her. She was on a stage. That's right, stage, and, and she had a huge baby nook in her mouth. You know, wh- whatever that was to illustrate, who knows? And and we showed that because, well, yeah, Joyce Meyer was maybe two years ago. She was up on another stage and she said, I'm so grateful for what I learned about prosperity thinking, but it went a little far. It got a little out of hand. Okay, hold it. That's not recantation. That's just kind of admitting, okay, we kind of, the reality is she made tens, hundreds of millions of dollars and biblical repentance is far more than acknowledging, oops, kind of. Kind of got a little out of control on that one. When Joyce Meyer repents, a lot of people are going to know it because they're going to go to their mailbox and they're going to receive an envelope with a check from Joyce Meyer Ministries because she will do what 2 Corinthians 7 says a genuine repentant heart does. Make it right. So until then, um, sorry, uh, she still finds herself lumped into Prosperity preaching. That was two. Right. Number three. The third one is a critique on the uh, discussions that we tend to have on contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this person says that we can feel the Holy Spirit. <sighs> this requires surgical precision. I would not say we can feel the Holy Spirit. Okay. But I would say, to be precise, we can feel the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's wildly different because the Christian faith is not mystical. It's cognitive. And we should have feelings. There are times we should rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. There are times when we should be so grateful in our hearts. There should be times when we're so convicted of sin. There should be times when we love the Lord so much. We got to share this with people. What is that? The work of the Holy Spirit. But it isn't a working that bypasses the cognitive process. So if you are feeling like, wow, I just, 
I'm so encouraged. I, I, I just heard something, and I love the Lord so much. Yeah, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't just give you a, a mystical feeling. And, and in conjunction with music, there's a really popular video right now. I, 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 I don't know why, but the Passion Conference happened in Atlanta not that long ago. And they said, look what, look what happened at the Passion Conference. And the kids, you know, they're not falling out. Passion isn't that. But, you know, but they're all very, you know, they're, they're, they look just really moved and their eyes are closed. Their heads are about, you know, the hands are in the air. Look at this entire, like 60,000 kids. Look at this. That's a, that's, that's a work of the Holy Spirit, is it? Because here's what I noticed that didn't seem to be commented on. That was in the middle of 30 minutes of what they call worship. In other words, 30 minutes of singing. The kids were moved to that. Can music move you to that? Well, sure it can. We see that in pagan religion. We see that at rock concerts where the, the music gets people. We see people putting up their hands these days when they see the Rolling Stones who uh, rolling really appropriate because they're using <laughs> wheelchairs to get out there these days. <laughs> so that we've got to be careful when it comes to feeling the work of the Holy Spirit that, that, that it must be filled with information so that we are moved in our emotions, so that we, we are thinking about God and not just being stirred because of externals like the lights being dimmed, the music, and the, you know, there, was, there was a guy and he's on the stage and he's fallen down to his knees and it's like, oh, it's really moving. And I, I can be moved by that just like I can be moved by a, a movie on TV. But that doesn't mean I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. And we must ask a question. Why is it that at these big conferences where there's tons of music, you see these kids looking like, hey, they're really feeling the Spirit. Why don't we see that at, say, Shepherd's Conference? Why don't we see that at G3 or Ligonier? Why don't a great sermon? Uh, okay, here's what, here you go. Paul Washer, the shocking youth message. Why weren't the kids like falling down, putting their hands up and repenting for preaching? Why is it always music? And it is always music. And that's why I think back to, I, I think it was at the Strange Fire Conference, which was, wow, almost a decade ago. I recall John MacArthur saying something that I, I, I heard and I went, I got to think about that because that's a big statement. He said, if you remove the music most of these movements would just collapse. They, they would go away. They disappear. Go, I've been, I have to Google hymns these days. I'm trying to find hymns. Oh, so many great hymns. Even on Matthew 4, 1 through 11, which is what we're preaching on this Sunday. Hillsong and the Elevation and the Bethel, they just absolutely dominate. That's why these stadiums are packed. Not so much for the truth. It's for the emotive music. Idea at wretched.org if you disagree, which you might. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, you're the reason that we get so excited about every broadcast. Now, one of the questions you may be wondering is, what's it like on the other side? You know, we know everyone's life is a bit different and not everyone is in a place that they can contribute in the same way. And that is perfectly okay. But if you are, I want to encourage you to actually put some more thought and some more prayer and some more conversation into it. If you feel moved, if you feel led and you're in a good spot in your life right now, then we would welcome you with open arms. But hey, remember this, if you're in debt, if you're not giving to your local church, then we don't want you giving to us. When have you ever heard a ministry turn down donations? Because that's not who we are. We don't want to put any pressure or undue stress on you to partner with us. So if you're in a good place in your life right now, visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Every bit of support, big or small, makes a tremendous difference. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty and I asked and I said in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Important dates in Christian history. Henry VIII's act of supremacy makes the king, not the pope, head of the Church of England. While Henry's concerns were largely political, his archbishop, Thomas Cranmer, worked to mold the Anglican Church into a thoroughly Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You could send some emails agreeing, you know. Don't worry, I'm fine. This is Wretched Radio Idea at Wretched.org. You disagree? Comment, conundrum, whatever. You can also text it to 877-282-2337. All right, we're going to start with Ethan. Todd, how can or how can I know whether I should witness or if I may be casting pearls before swine? Are you getting attacked? Then you're casting pearls before swine because that's what a little piggy was like in the first century. They weren't those adorable three little pigs. They weren't the, oh, they're so intelligent, those little pink rascals that roll in the mud. No, they were nasty. They were nasty boars. 
And Jesus was not saying that we should try to figure out who's going to respond and then not share the gospel with them. You don't know that. You do not know who's going to respond. So we put out the general call. The Lord takes care of the effectual call. We preach the gospel to whosoever will come. But if somebody turns on you, they want to hurt you. No, they, they, they are getting very aggressive. Skedaddle. And you don't have to feel badly about it. 877-282-2337. All right. And continuing to stay on the topic of witnessing, this is from Talia. Todd, do you have any advice for how to witness to a friend who talks constantly and who typically doesn't stay on one topic for very long? (laughs) We all know one of those people, don't we? And if you don't, you're it. Do your best and try to drop it here, 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 there. Or maybe possibly this might help you gain a hearing. Hey, friend, I want, there's some, mm, I just, oh, I, there's something so important I want to talk to you about. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Because I'm happy to talk about anything because sometimes when we talk about things, it really helps. <laughs> Could I maybe take you to lunch and have a hearing? There, it's so important. I, I would just, I would love to have like 10 minutes of uninterrupted time to present you with something and then have you respond, would, would you let me do that and take you to lunch? It might set the table, no lunch pun intended, uh, to maybe have them zip, zip, zip it. You know, or if they interrupt, just go, hold on a second, let me finish. You can be bold in that way. You, you, you're not being rude. Hold on, I, I didn't quite finish that. Don't get agitated, that comes across. But there can be times where you just go, hold on, let me, this, this thought is so important to me. Would you please let me finish this? And if they just keep on maybe doing it underneath the guise of a special event, maybe would help. 877-282-2337. So our next question is, um, this is from Anonymous. Todd, my husband and I enjoyed watching movies together, but I've been avoiding watching anything with blasphemy or bad language since 2020. My husband thinks I'm, gonna be a, I'm being a bit too strict. Am I? Yeah, I think those two categories are helpful. I have a very low tolerance for coarse words. Ephesians 4, 28 through about 5, 3, 5, 4. Coarse jesting, none of it should be in the Christian vocabulary. None of it. We should strive to even avoid minced oaths, you know, using Jesus' name kind of just a little bit different. So it's, it's not actually like, okay. We even spell it, I think, G-E-E-Z, as as some sort of an exclamatory term. That's short for Jesus. We we want to avoid those things, and we want to avoid the four-letter filth words and dropping the F-bomb, which seems to be so prevalent in our culture. Out and about, I hear it all the time, just walking by people. It's like, really? You needed to use that word to make your point? I've got a very low threshold for it. Having said that, when it comes to filth words, a Christian watching a movie that has, we're talking potty language, not blasphemy, potty language, uh, I would personally say that's going to be up to each Christian. But you should note this. You need to know it's getting into you. And you say, well, it's not a problem for me. I never talk like that. True. But you're still putting it in. Everything that goes into your ears, it's going into your brain. It's getting stored up. It is affecting you. Everything. But I would still say there's some liberty 
in regard to filth words as far as blasphemy goes. That's a different subject. That's a commandment. We Christians aren't to use potty words. Hearing them, we're going to hear them. You work in a secular environment, you hear them. I, I don't think you're sinning. Using the Lord's name in vain is sin. Listening to our Lord's name be mistreated. Ooh. How would you like your mother's name to be dragged through the mud? You'd be like, hey, 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 let's leave my mother out of this. And that's what we should be like. Hey, 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 let's leave the Lord's name out of this. And if this movie is riddled with blasphemy, we've got better ways to spend our time and use that. to. It's an act of worship. Lord, your name is so precious to me. I am not going to sit for the sake of some distraction for two hours and listen to your name abused. So please accept my refusal to watch that blasphemy-laden nonsense as an act of worship to you. 877-282-2337. All right, this next question, it's a couple of questions. Uh, This is from Jared uh, about death and dying. He wants to know if it's bad to say they're in a better place now Mm -hmm. about someone whose salvation's not quite certain. And how about the last minute, last week, last month conversions? Are Mm -hmm. they actually true? Let's take let's take the former before the latter. Is 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 it good to say they're in a better place? Well, with it's a little trite, it's a little overused. Pagans use it; they don't even know what place they're in, but they use it to try to comfort somebody. But if we're dealing with somebody who's a believer, we can say that they are in a better place. In fact, no, they're in the best of places. <laughs> so, with somebody who has got a solid profession of faith, sure, when we don't know. I, I I do think we need to be a little bit careful. I we don't want to tip into, well, we're not sure, so I won't say anything that indicates that they might be with the Lord. Don't want to do that either. And I guess it's kind of related to these deathbed conversions. The reality is we don't know. Now we have a little bit of, I guess, empirical evidence. I'm I'm thinking of the the guy on the dead guy. <laughs> Jimmy, you know who I'm talking about? Absolutely. The dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, dead, the, dead, the dead guy that talked about death. We talk, We used his booklet mm-hmm. on overcoming your fear of death, like for a number of, pro, uh, Byfield. Byfield. That's what I said. Yeah. Byfield. Uh-huh. He, he wrote about deathbed conversions, and it was underneath the warning, hey, don't wait to the last second because you don't know you'll have the opportunity. You don't know what you're going to do on your deathbed. You might be in misery and you can't think straight. So don't dilly-dally. Get saved now. And he commented on those people who do have a deathbed conversion. It was his experience that typically those people then that recovered revealed they really weren't converted. But there were those who were. So. My preference in those deathbed conversion stories is to hope all things, trust all things. Hey, they made a profession of faith. Were they able to memorize the 1689 London Baptist Confession? Nope. Did they have all of the answers to the catechism questions? Nope. But I'm going to trust that what came out of their mouth was a genuine profession of faith, and I will find comfort in that. Having said that, if you're not a believer and you've been thinking, I'll just put it off. Well, I hope you love playing Russian roulette. 
because that is a fool's game. 877-282-2337. All right, this question comes from Brent. Todd, my son has severe autism and is not very verbal. I worry he can't understand the gospel or grasp morality. Is it possible for someone never to reach the age of accountability? Sure. Yes, it is. Rather than age, I prefer level because everybody's age is different and everybody's level is different. Most certainly. And I don't know the severity of your son's issues, but if he cannot grasp the gospel, this is an individual then who is not grasping willful violation of God's law, accruing a debt that that he will have to pay for eternity. I, 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 I don't think he's capable of that. So your son, if he's at that level, is going to be in heaven. But let me maybe, maybe just encourage you. You don't know what's going on inside of his head and his heart. You just don't know. It might be a really simple profession. You might not hear it for years. But then one day, let's just say your child, who's who's definitely got some challenges in church, just all of a sudden goes, Jesus, okay, where did that come from? Well, you've been planting it and, and, and planting it and planting it. Don't grow weary of that. Keep it as simple as you would communicate anything else, knowing the the level of understanding that your child has. Uh, but don't be, don't grow weary. Don't grow disappointed. So either way, you can be comforted as a faithful Christian parent. If your child can't reach that level of understanding, in other words, he hasn't received a level of understanding of willful disobedience and his need for a savior, you can look forward to seeing your child in heaven. I am firmly convinced of that. We've done a number of programs. You can go look them up. But if your child does have the ability, even on a rudimentary level, to get saved, then just keep teaching them about Jesus. Keep showing them his Savior. Keep singing those songs. Keep having him attend your family devotional time. Take him to church. Then if it's manageable, the Sunday school. And just keep planting those seeds. It might not be the most sophisticated articulation of a profession of faith, but it'll be enough. So be hopeful either way. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we kick things off today with a bit of a media meltdown from Sports Illustrated. They've reportedly laid off their entire staff this week following a controversy over promoting transgender ideology. Last year's swimsuit edition enraged readers because it used a biological male while extolling their stunning bravery. The PR disaster only compounded financial woes, which exacerbated sinking revenues. (laughs) Though given rapid radicalization across corporate journalism, this shipwreck seems like it's less of an accident more than it is an inevitable consequence of fixating on activism over, you know, sports. In legal news, the Missouri family of a student banned from school events over painted Bible verses is suing the district. School officials prohibited the 8th grader, yeah, 8th grader from extracurriculars simply for wearing eye black that displayed John 316 at a football game to honor a recently deceased friend. Administrators allege that the religious reference violated policies against offending anyone. How do you go through life not offending anyone? That is an absolute ridiculous and unattainable goal. Somewhere, somebody is always going to be offended and living your life trying to walk on eggshells is miserable. 
And speaking of institutional bias, a leading teachers union now plans training staff to inject Palestinian propaganda into social studies class. It's under the guise of critical thinking, and the controversial program also provides so-called educational resources that are steeped in radical revisionist history that paints Israel as ruthless oppressors occupying stolen land. Critics blasted the blatant indoctrination, exploiting teacher authority to shape young minds with lies that erase Jewish ties to their ancestral homeland. And on a positive note, recent polls reveal shifting attitudes on abortion restrictions across younger demographics. Two new surveys show the growing majorities now back significant limits around terminating pregnancies instead of unfettered access. While that may be good news on some fronts, we still hope and pray for a complete and total ban of the Barbaric Act. Not some weeks, no weeks. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Revelation Is the Bible really God's Word? Or is it just a collection of human ideas? Here are a few words the Bible uses to describe itself. Perfect. God-breathed. Authoritative. Without error. The Word of the Living God. The Bible is God's inspired and trustworthy Word to humanity, through which He makes Himself known and continues to draw us to Himself. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Texting is free. So what are you waiting for? This is Wretched Radio. You got yourself a texter machine with a question, comment, conundrum, snark. Would you kindly communicate it through 877-282-2337? All right. This one is from Corey. Uh, Top, recently I had my trust broken and I'm struggling to forgive the person. I know I have to forgive, but it's so hard. What advice would you give someone struggling to forgive? And is it wrong to limit the interaction I have with this person in the future? Yes, you have to forgive. You have to have a heart filled with forgiveness. Uh, whether you stand on the side of an individual must repent before granting forgiveness or you just believe that you need to forgive no matter what, the Christian heart is loaded with forgiveness. Having said that, there are issues of safety. There, there are some people where they're just not good. Proverbs gives us permission to not hang around certain people. Friends is a big deal. I, I, I Early on in the Proverbs, the father is pleading with, I th- in fact, I think it's in Proverbs 1, his first, hey, listen to this, watch your friends. In other words, choose them wisely, which means you can have some discretion, which means some people ain't going to be your pals because they're just not good for you. Furthermore, if they're trying to hurt you, if they are indeed being genuinely toxic, you can make a decision to say this isn't healthy or good for me. And, and not have a relationship with them. So it needs to be all of those things considered on an individual basis. And if you're confused about it because you're in it, this is the importance of the local church. Ah, the local church, this, this entity, if you're not in one, you're just, you're just missing the boat. I know there's been a lot of stinkers. There still are. But when a church is trying to be Bible-based, watching the body at work, we've got a situation. This just happened on Wednesday night. We have we have a couple who is struggling in an area. Uh, not a scenario, by the way. Just like uh, sorting this, figuring out how to get this thing done. 
well, there's another person in the congregation who's really good at that stuff. And to watch them sit together, to watch the one who's maybe got some wisdom to download to the other, ah, that's the church. And we want to avoid gossip, but we should be able to with one another. I've got this situation. Tell me what you think about this and receive wisdom if you're lacking clarity. Idea at wretched.org. Another way you can send anything wretched. All right. This is from Anonymous. This is actually a text. Uh, and uh, he says, I am evangelizing to a coworker, Todd. She seems to be wanting to learn more and even go to church. However, her unbelieving husband has told her mm. that he will divorce her if she converts to Christianity. Wow. How should I go about evangelism and how should she go about growing in Christ without driving the two of them apart? Yep. You you can't control that. Now, that shouldn't be your goal, but you need to be faithful in evangelizing, obeying the command of the Lord to make the most of every opportunity. There's going to be a lot of working out that happens if the woman responds and gets saved. But that's that's that shouldn't determine that would be a pragmatism. Uh, that would that would that would be kind of you know hey what about the consequence should I do what's the right thing to do share your faith and then should she get saved help her with that again in the context of a local church uh, the reality is look uh, let let's just let's just say well, that that's that's the conclusion of that text let's talk about Jesus' words now about the sword that he bring brought the sword that divides people, families, husbands and wives, parents and children. It's going to happen. All right. We don't look for it. We don't promote it. That's not our agenda. But we need to recognize there are going to be times you witness to somebody, they end up getting saved. It could cause a lot of grief at home. And I'll say this, should this happen, now let's go back to that text. That woman gets saved and it, it she runs into a buzzsaw at home. You're going to know if she's genuinely converted or not. That will be that will be a squeeze on her that will reveal the genuine nature or lack thereof of what is going on in her heart. Just stay faithful. Be prepared to be helpful. Be prepared to help her find counsel. Be prepared to help her potentially pick up the mess. Uh, furthermore, by the way, the, the, we don't know the conclusion of this story. That's what the guy is threatening. My experience, this is just anecdotal experience, but my experience is when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelp is the one that got hit. When you got somebody who's barking like that, it could be because um, the Lord is convicting them and working on them. More than one couple has been saved when one of them was downright hostile toward the other. So just be Faithful and be prepared to jump in. 877-282-2337. All right, this one is from Ryan. Todd, I have heard the call to ministry, but I've been studying medicine and becoming a uh, and becoming a doctor is my long-term goal for quite a while. So how can I be sure that this is God calling me and not just me? Because you've got an internal and an external call. You can be feel I I feel like stuff. Uh, you know, I, I feel like eating something. I feel like going somewhere. On a particular day, you might feel like, you know, I wonder what it would be like if I were in that profession instead of this profession. I have a confession to make. Uh, that's That hasn't happened to me in 20 some years, for which I'm just super grateful. 
Nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't mean you're being called. What is the internal call? It is a good thing that a man desires. It's not just, you know, that'd be kind of cool. No, 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 no. I got to do that. I really, uh, I want to be that. I want to be a pastor. I want to, I want to be shepherding people. I want to be preaching to people. I want to be involved in people's, I got to do that and studying medicine. Blech. That's an internal call. That doesn't mean you're called. You have to have that internal call affirmed externally by people in your church that would say, we agree. You've got the skills. You've got the gifting. You're Mr. First Timothy 2 and 3 and Titus 1. You go. Yes, we affirm that. Okay, then you're called. If you can be a doctor and be plenty happy, you're not being called. But if the idea of doing anything else is just downright distasteful to you, uh, that's a pretty good sign of an internal call. Just get it affirmed externally. And send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Laura, or Lauren. Uh, Todd, I'm a high school student surrounded by a whole lot of drama. <laughs> a guy I, once, I was once interest, interested in is very smart, very biblical, but he also loves to gossip. So how should I biblically confront him and my other classmates, or should I even try? Sure, you can. Just lovingly. That's how we're supposed to do it with one another. And and just so you know, if it turns out sour, then you got a bigger deal going on. Let's walk through this. You go to this fellow and you say, hey, brother, not pal, not boyfriend. Hey, brother, would like to talk to you about something that I've noticed that is so not in keeping with your character. I noticed that you like to do this. Have, am I off base here? Because you're concerned about them. Now, let's just say the guy goes, who do you think? I've heard you. Blah, 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 blah. Does that mean you've got a false convert? No. It could mean it. Because a genuine Christian should desire rebuke, should actually seek correction. And the only reason that I say don't jump to conclusions immediately because he might just be getting scalded and convicted and he needs a little time to let it settle. So don't conclude immediately. He didn't respond to that well. He's not a Christian. Let's see how he responds in a day or two or three or ten. And circle back. If you approach him lovingly, a genuine believer is going to go, okay, help me understand this. What, what what did I say that caused you to think that? I, I don't like that. I wouldn't want to be to help me with this. And if it's a different kind of response, give it some time. And if this person is like, you know, I don't know who you think you are. I've been a, going to church longer than you have. Um, then you might want to think about asking him if he'd consider himself to be a good person. 877-282-2337. Todd, this is from Alexandra. Todd, I am a new mom and need some help. I struggle. I have struggled to consistently read the Bible even before having my baby. Now time and motivation are hard to find. How can I develop a discipline in this area? Got so you get reconnaissance, reconnaissance. Figure, spend some time. You'll have some downtime. Just prioritize this. The bottles can wait to be cleaned. The diaper genie can... No, no, empty no, the diaper genie. <laughs> Deal with that. But you'll have some time when your babies are napping just to think it through. How can I do this? Could you have it out in the house? Uh, the word is crucial, and being in the Bible is excellent. But maybe it's just you've got the Christian radio station on, and you're listening to good preaching all day, and it's just there, and you get it when you walk by it. Okay, that could be okay. 
what about, hey, if I organize my day, if I get this stuff done at this time and that stuff and I put them down, I know pretty sure they're going to be napping at two o'clock. I can open it. Don't put yourself underneath a load that is too heavy for you to bear because, you know, I'm going to have about 15 minutes, 10, 50, whatever it is. And this is how I'm going to fill that time. Do reconnaissance on yourself. And remember, maybe it's when you're driving in the car rather than putting on music or nothing. It's somebody who's reading the Bible. But whatever you do as you go about the business of tending to your babies, be careful that you don't neglect your own soul. This is Wretched Radio. Okay, so imagine that you're inside of a maze and every corner that you take, there's another wall, there's another obstacle, and you finally get to the point of frustration where you think you're never going to get out. But then imagine a different scenario. You're still inside that maze, but every corner you take is a guide who has a flashlight and is saying, nope, that's the right way to go. And in that scenario, we welcome you to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. And whether you've listened or not, you'll realize really quickly it's not your everyday radio show. Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford takes issues that many, if not all of us, struggle with. And it matches them up to hope and healing through the pages of the Bible. It is genuinely an entirely new perspective. New episodes drop every Saturday morning in your favorite podcast spot or at transformed.org slash podcast transformed with dr greg gifford if you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the master's academy international to get bibles into the hands of people you're going to hear a thank you letter from may that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing i'm one of the recipients of the macarthur study bible so generously given with the help of gospel partners this will help me in my daily study of god's word and will inform instruct inspire me in my walk with the lord as well as my service to the lord in my family and my church ministries how encouraging is that by the way if you're not plugged into the masters academy international everything is about long-lasting impact they train pastors in 18 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach that makes a generational difference you can learn more about the masters academy at wretched.org bible or if you prefer wretched.org Pastor. Well, 2024 is a crucial election year. The sanctity of life is at the forefront. And while we do celebrate the overturning of Roe, we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices. They are persuasive, but we can and should be more convincing. We have to stand firm, not only in our beliefs, but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds. Pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments. And as Christians, it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation. Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, can make a difference. Hermeneutics. 
A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is poetry. Poetry relies on imaginative and figurative language to expand on a theme, examine emotions, and reflect on who God is and what He has done. God's timeless truth is written down by biographers and artists alike. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Don't know where you stand on the war in Ukraine, but perhaps we can all agree on this. This is Wretched Radio. It's the Russians. It's the Ukrainians. Zelensky. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I'll let other pontificators ponder that. But right now in Ukraine, there is a ministry that continues to relentlessly find kids in poor villages and minister to them with the gospel. If you hate what's going on over there, and who of us shouldn't, no matter who's responsible for what, tomorrow clubs, they're there. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs, hence tomorrow clubs, where they share the gospel. I just, the video, it's just, it's amazing. You know, sometimes they're meeting outside of town. There's no place to meet in town. They're up on a hill. These are faithful people who know the gospel and even use the R word, repentance, and they're doing it faithfully. They could use your support. One dollar per child per month. I know. You No, you mean per day, right? No. One dollar per child per month, and you will help a kid hear the gospel in Eastern Europe. You can learn more about the amazing ministry of the Tomorrow Clubs at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. And as long as you're at your computer, send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Sterling. Todd, my friend, who I don't see very often anymore, claims to be a Christian, but now it seems like he's fine with his sister living in sexual sin. Is this a relationship that I should cut ties or should I keep the friendship and hope to correct his thinking? Well, not enough detail to know. There's all kinds of this and that going on behind those scenes. Why does he is he really tolerating it? Is he just trying not to dishonor his sister? Has he had conversations with her? Just talk to him about it and just work through it. We need to remember to not cut ties with everybody that is like questionable. Furthermore, we don't need to cut ties with every unbeliever. I have to tell you, I got a text the other day. I just, mm, there's a guy that I knew and saw regularly, wasn't a believer. We talk about the Lord and we talk about Christianity and the philosophy and reality. And he sent me a text the other day because we hadn't spoken for a bit. And I said, you still a pagan? And his response was, no taking his family to church, reading his Bible every day together with his wife. No, no, I didn't save him, certainly. That's that's a kind of a no-brainer. But, but pagans aren't going to get saved if Christians aren't in their lives actually loving them. I mean, see, that's, we've been in a bit of a melee. Maybe we're coming out of it as evangelicals, but but seeing people as more of a hit than a human I think has hurt us. Should I remain friends with a pagan? Well, why wouldn't you? I don't think we should be best friends. I think that's an unequally yoked position that's forbidden. But but unless they're like being very bad for your walk, keep your pagan friends. Keep witnessing. And those Christians that it's a little near, 
There's no reason to stop associating with them. They need you, and God has you there. So stay faithful. 877-282-2337. All right, this is a tip. I got to tell you. What? When he answered that question, <laughs> you weren't, yeah. I was a little, I rem, and, and, I, and I thought, shame on me. Shame on me. I'm surprised the Lord saved somebody. Mm. Oof. Oof. Well, what a joy. That's right. Yeah. So cool to hear. And now I actually can't wait to see him again because I just know it's going to be different. There will be a, a new dynamic. Mm. In fact, if I could uh, uh, throw out potentially some hope to you, if you have a relative, especially if it is a child, maybe even more so a parent who's not saved and the relationship has been a stinkeroo, just stay faithful. Just stay in your mom's life, stay in your dad's life, stay in the uncle's life, and just be faithful. Love them. They're your family. No, it's not what you'd want it to be or hope for it to be. It can't be that great because they're not saved. And then when they get saved, I I can't tell you the number of times I've heard from people who said our relationship with mom, dad was awful. The moment pop got saved, everything changed. So hang in there, stay in relationship, stay faithful. Ideawretched.org. All right, this is a text. It comes in from Gabe, and I'm going to start by reading you some scripture because he... he Gabe Hughes? No, no, not Isn't him. Isn't he coming to your conference in September? He is. Oh, what do you know? He certainly is. He, now, he's no longer... Gabe Hughes, Mr. What? <laughs> he's no longer at Tom Brock's church. He went to Arizona, and now he's pastoring? His own church? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do I understand? Do I, did I get all of those details That's through correct. the internet? Right. Correct? And <laughs> he's right. going to be coming to Atlanta uh-huh. in September. September. Yeah. All right. More, more details when that comes. Hey, guess who's going to be in town in two weeks in the Wretched TV studios? I Justin know. Peters. That's right. He's going to be in town. Looking forward to that. Oh, um, hmm. Well, hopefully you get our emails. Because we're, we're actually going to have a studio audience. It's not going to be huge. Ma- max, it'll be like 80 people. Um, but if you'd like to come to the, it's Friday, February 2nd, the evening. And then Saturday, February 3rd in the morning and afternoon. And then Justin's going to stick around and he's going to preach at Alpharetta Bible Church. So if you're on the email list, we'll get that. If not, go to the internet and look for it. How do I get on You'll this email at, at list? At some point, uh, huh? eventually. We're going to do, do a resource on discernment. Yeah. I'm really pumped about it, that we're going to talk about how to go about navigating some of these issues because, well, we could all use a little help, <laughs> couldn't we? That's exactly right. So anyway, get back to Gabe. Uh, he texted this question. You're in. the one who interrupted I'm me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to start with some scripture from 1 Corinthians 11 uh, because he mentions the verse 1114. Uh, Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? Yes. So his question is, Does Jesus? did Jesus have long hair? It seems that every portrayal of Christ shows him having long hair. Yeah, probably not. So how do we relate this to this text? Yeah. Uh, some some of it some of it is culturally determined. Uh, for instance, you, Jimmy, you need a haircut if you were in the military. Why? Because mm-hmm. that culture demands it. That's that's the norm there. So every society can be a little bit different regarding the length of hair for a male. Having said that, 
I, I think there does come a point where it starts to get so long where it, it just looks feminine. It doesn't look masculine anymore. I think that maybe that's the best rule because if you consider the command, a man shouldn't wear women's clothing and vice versa. And is it numbers? Deuteronomy. That God doesn't want distinctions being blurred. <laughs> he doesn't want gender confusion. So the line, I think, is when a boy starts looking like a girl in just about any culture or resembling girls more, whether the culture affirms it or not, the Christian has to say, I'm sorry, I just, I, I'm going to have to get my locks chopped. So let's have a little liberty with each other, a little bit of grace in what that looks like exactly. But I think that we can agree working together that it can come to the point whether society has long hair and some, think of like uh, Louis the Fourteenth had hair down to his waist. Well, it was a wig, but the point is that was like normal. Too bad. You look like a girl, Louis. And so people inside of the church should be aware of society's norms, but not dictated by society's rules. one 282 2337 All right, this one is from Destin. Todd, what's the ratio of working on my faith uh, myself and letting God transform me? Yes. I, don't, I don't want to be a legalist, but I see many problems in myself that I need to address. <laughs> Absolutely. Next question, please. <laughs> Dude, get to work on it. And the Lord's going to change you. you. You do the work, he changes you. How does that work? Nah, let me know. But just stay faithful on it. As it comes up, you identify an issue, get to work on it. And be careful. Now, be careful that life gets out of whack. You've got responsibilities. You, you're called to where you are, so you got to keep doing your duties. But even then, even as we're working, the Christian should be regularly mindful. How am I doing? How am I acting? Am I filtering everything through the Bible? Am I worshiping the Lord in my heart? Am I acting like a Christian? That, that, should, that should be as often as we possibly can without it becoming legalistic. Because that's an easy line to cross. 877-282-2337. All right, this one is from Anonymous. Todd, I was wondering if a pastor is always called to be a pastor for life, assuming they did not disqualify themselves. Mm, that's, a, that's a disputable issue. Because if you've been called, that internal, uh, like we were just talking about that, and it's been affirmed externally, there are some people who say, you, you're in. You, you were genuinely called. You don't get to hang up the phone and hang up your Bible and stop being a pastor. Now, there are other people who would say, no, unless, unless the individual took a lifelong vow of sorts, that an individual can say, for whatever reason, I think it should be done with a great deal of consultation, that it would be okay. So the definitive answer to your question is, uh-huh. Jimmy, what do you say? Called for life or can a fella quit? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. This, it, I could be wrong. This will help you. I think John MacArthur said you can't quit. Okay, I believe John MacArthur. There you have it. <laughs> Wrapped up in a package with a bow. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.